This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here. So here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose. And still, Vose. He gets us another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose. One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Connor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14. Wrexham lead. It's Wrexham 1. Chester now. It's McDonough for Wrexham. Still Jerry McDonough. McDonough round the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! Me to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, but today is a Red Saturday! Kreuzer, hello. Welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay. I'm joined once again by he, Nathan Salt. I, I've, God, I don't know what to say, Rich, anymore. I was going to come up with something cheesy and original, but I thought, you know what? That game, that Notts County game's taken away all my enthusiasm and creativity. I don't know about you. Yeah, well, it was the late, late show at the weekend. I guess it's not over yet. It's the, it's the one pun we can come up with, but I guess it's <laughs> yeah, not the time yeah. for jokes. Wrexham's playoff no. bid took a dent with that one deal defeat on Tuesday night. I was there. Very lucky to be you were there. invited yeah, there by I was the club. Very lucky. How was it? How was it? An experience? Yeah, it was it's it was really interesting. Like I think everyone probably listening to this, I've not been to a game since that Eastleigh nil nil before COVID was really even a thing which we we're too consciously aware of and yeah, it's been crazy. It's been well over a year now. I think it's is that 14 months or so myself since I last went to, to a match? And yeah, I mean, it's still the same old Wrexham. You know, it's still the same old faces. Garrett Parry still mm-hmm. the main man. You know, G still still running the place. Uh, yeah, and still the familiar faces there. But new LED boards, which look incredible in person. It was like, it was bewildering. Yeah. But just, yeah. just talk us through a bit about like your... So for those that didn't get the live stream, Rich was commentating with Wayne Phillips. Rich, talk us through a bit about the experience of that because, you know, it seems from what we saw when we were chatting just on our WhatsApp, it seemed a massive operation. Like, how was it for you? Obviously, you did all your prep, but when you got to the ground, was it a lot of work, a lot of cameramen and all that kind of thing that we see? I was really, really nervous before the stream because the last game I commentated on would have been the end of the 2016-17 season. That was the last one that I, which I did. So that was a, a really long time ago. You don't need reminding of that. But yeah, it was it was yeah, really professional. I had to fill in a COVID form, which had to be submitted by 1pm. I got to the ground about half four. The, the sort of, the proviso was to arrive half four, five o'clock. 
go on air just before seven o'clock. So yeah, I got there and Wrexham now being so big team, you know, they have a, a full operation uh, in the Mold Road stand where they've got a director for the day who's sort of operating the live stream. You've got sound technicians, people doing graphics, people you know, filming from all different angles as well. I think there was three or four cameramen just to do the live stream. And then you've got the, the other cameramen who aren't associated per se with the club who are there doing the documentary mm. as well, who are just getting clips and getting footage as well as, as the mm. events go on. So yeah, I got there, do a, a full run through because when I used to do commentaries when I was part of the media team, I mean, it was only for the YouTube highlights really and you know the, the DVDs which is given to both clubs and the officials, etc. just have a copy of them. So... Mm. You didn't really have anything that you had to worry about, but doing the live stream, there's a lot of pressure. You've got to get your sponsors mentioned enough times for, for what they've agreed to, to be part of. You've got to go on air at strict times. You've got to make sure that you give notice of when you're going into interviews, going out of interviews. And yeah, it was really interesting. It was a really professional setup. They were very modest about it. I was saying, you know, this is this is big time for non-league, but they were saying, no, this is still maybe only a bit of what they want to do with Wrexham. And it's going to be interesting, of course, because the whole reason we're doing live streams is because fans can't go to games. But from next season, hopefully we all can. And hopefully there's a playoff game, which, okay, looks unlikely at the moment, but we might be able to have fans in for that one as well. It's just going to be really interesting going forward because they've made huge strides. And anyone who watched the, the streams at the start of the season, there's such a gulf in quality because they were quite hard to enjoy, the streams at the start of the season with mm, no replays. Definitely. That definitely. camera, which... If there was like a bold linesman would track his head rather than the ball, it was it was all, you know, it was thrown together because clubs had to capitalize on the opportunity which which presented themselves. But now it's so slick, so professional, and yeah, it was it was really good. But I had like, I had a director coming in with five minutes before time saying, "This is my other match. These are the replays we're going to talk about post match. Wow. So can you get ready for that?" Because myself and Wayne had a had a monitor in front of us, but we didn't have audio from the technicians, see. So one of them had to run that. and tell us. When Sean Pearson did his post-match chat, we couldn't get the audio from that. So right. the director was on the phone to Colin That's Henry, the media man, and sort of relaying what the what the vibe is. I mean, it's quite obvious what Sean Pearson's going to come out with sure. post-match after sure. a defeat. But yeah, it was really, really professionally done. Uh, and it's just... I thought you were a pro. I thought you were a pro. I thought Wayne was really good as well. I thought he, he's actually great for COCOMs. He does a lot of BBC Radio Wales, but I thought he was brilliant. And yeah, glowing report, Richard. The only thing that I was disappointed, you didn't give this podcast at least a couple of plugs on the air. Yeah, I was, or... yeah, I didn't want to upset the other pods as well. Though. I think no, it would have been biased. I, I, I know there's an opportunity for me to I take that. I know. No, I knew, I, I knew tongue-in-cheek that, that that was too much to ask. But in all seriousness, I thought it, it went smooth, Rich, and just a shame that the result didn't go to plan. I know you said you saw Humphrey there. He's back in the country now. He's been spending some time in LA, but he was there, the big tall giant of a man, apparently. Yeah, I saw him just uh, after full time, after I'd uh, mingled with the, the old media team teammates and made my way over to the other side of the ground. He, he appeared and was speaking and, you know, just... Disappointed, who was, he, I think. who was he mingling? Who was he mingling with? Did you, did you get to chat to him personally or no? It was just as I was about to head out and drive home back to Manchester. Sadly, right. so I wasn't I wasn't too keen to stick around. Sadly, so sorry I couldn't get you a chin wagon, drop your drop your number <laughs> in there, get you get you a, a letting us all down. All, yeah, letting I us know. all down for these. I should have been secret you know. agent, shouldn't I? Yeah, no, that would have was... been. Yeah, okay, but he's as tall as we're led to believe he is. Apparently, 
Yeah, he's a, he's a big dog at the moment, but of course it's going to be interesting to see what his role is as well going forward. Of course, when you've got Fleur coming in and there's other changes in the background of, of Wrexham, and I know we'll probably speak about the, the docuseries later on in the podcast as well ourselves. Mm. But yeah, Humphrey was saying post-match, you know, just disappointed that the game ended the way it did. And it was a game that was really yeah. interesting to commentate on, Nave, because if you think about it, Rob Lainton, he had two early saves to make, and then the goal. And then after that, he wasn't tested at all. It really was a game in which Notts could obviously adapt their game plan after they took the lead. First half, we were absolutely woeful again. We're terrible. And we're I know terrible. we improve in the second half, but that's not that's not a plan that you can continue with. You can't say, OK, we'll play one good half of football this week. You need to have more solidity. In the first half, we were lucky not to go in two or three down because we were second best throughout. But we were, we were terrible, Rich. I mean, that then that's not... You know, one of the criticisms that gets levelled against me and other fans is that it's one extreme to the next every single week. Like, Dean Keats goes from a genius against Boreham Wood with that turnaround to now, you know, the devil uh, walking, you know, stalking North Wales. It's not the case, but that first half was quite scary, I thought, what was being so close to the playoffs because they... I, I use the word ragdolled. I felt like they kind of ragdolled us a bit in the way that they had so much freedom to do whatever they wanted in that first half. We were so far off them. And I, and I don't know if you could see this better from the ground, but on the stream, it looked like Sean Pearson was losing his rag over and over again. Like he was just so vocal and kind of shouting and ranting, raving, saying to people, you've got to close the men down. And, you know, as much as I've been banging the drum for Resaw Johnson as my player of the season not stalked him as Boreham Wood did. The they Notts definitely had the DVD and I know Resaw Johnson came back and impressed at Boreham Wood, but I, I'm starting to think that he defensively is being targeted, you know, more so than Cameron Green, which I wasn't expecting in the recent in the recent weeks. But yeah, on the Lainton saves, they they were some really good strikes, the first few that he saved, I thought. Um and the one that, that went in you know, we've got to close him down now. I know he's far out and, and it's a great strike. You can't knock it. it. It's really poor that that he just had so much time to lift his head up and, and just crack it bottom corner like that. Yeah, I mean, it was only less than a minute after Luke Young almost gave us a lead with his fantastic sort of half volley. And then, yeah, as soon as we saw the replays of the goal as well, Lainton and Pearson were furious because Jake Reeves, yeah, it takes a a good technique and, and maybe a bit of luck to actually beat Rob Lainton from there. I know Wayne was saying he's the best goalkeeper in a division, but you've still got to make it harder for him. You've got to put men in front of the ball, and that's what Notts County were doing for us. They really blocked us out of the back. Even when we did attack, they were putting their bodies on the line. We saw it throughout the game. Okay, Notts County did have a bit of game management, but the players were throwing themselves in front of everything and then taking their opportunity, as it were, to sort of slow the game down and to frustrate Wrexham. But First half was unacceptable. This this stage of the season, playing against a team like Notts County, we know what they can offer. They matched us with the setup, but they came and imposed their game. Like you said, the two fullbacks, I've got more lenience with Cameron Green, only his fourth appearance for the club. And, you know, he did do quite well in his battle on the right with Kelly Evans. But Reesall Johnson defensively in that first half was absolutely terrorised by Calvin Miller. And it was really worrying. And they had so many opportunities. But again, the halftime team talk, did, team talk did work to a degree from Dean Keats. And there was certainly a response. But again, it was just, for me, the difference was that Kwame Thomas isn't here. 
Goldo Mateo, he's effective and he's in the same similar mould. And like Wayne said on comms, the reason that Mateo started is because he's good in both boxes, which Ponticelli isn't. And, you know, he missed a, a chance himself. But Mateo had all of our opportunities, really. I know Dior Angus squandered that glorious breakthrough as well, where he, he's caught in two minds. Does he have a shot or does he pull it back to Mateo or Jarvis? And he got it completely wrong. That was but, really poor. That that was really poor, Rich. Like that that was for me the one that was haunting me as I was going to bed last night. You know that was a that, that's a decision making problem that we've seen a few times in recent weeks, and we've got away with it because we've managed to score other goals or we've had a penalty or this and that. But when it comes to these eliminator a playoff game, we might get that might be it. We might we might have, we might be defensively resolute, and that is the chance. Three three on two or whatever it was three on three. And all he's got to do is pick out one of... He either had to shoot from a narrow angle, shoot across goal, or he had two players to pick out and he picks out neither. And that's a worry, you know, because Dior Angus right now doesn't look all that confident, which is which is a concern. You know, he's playing alongside Goldon Mateo, who, like you say, he was effective. He won a lot of headers and a lot of flick-ons. But, I mean, I, I don't feel like he ever really threatened Slocum's goal. He never really had Slocum worried. And that's what I think that, you know, the keeper... There was loads of stuff from the keeper that he, his gamesmanship, you know, ball ran out, we went and got the ball, put it on the spot, and he collected the ball that had gone out and kicked our one away. You know, loads of nonsense like that, but... That's just going what an experienced keeper yeah, does at no, this level. I, I, like I, said... I had no complaints. I had no complaints no. that, you know, it, I would have wanted Layton to do the same if we were 1-0 up. I just felt like, you know... Wayne on commentary was like, we will get one more chance, we will get one more chance, six minutes. And to be honest, we didn't really, did we? We didn't really put, like, heart-in-mouth moment with with Slocum, I thought. And you know what, I felt like, on the balance of play, yeah, we were better second half, but we didn't have a number of great saves forced out of Slocum. I felt like they were, they were, they earned the three points, to be honest. Yeah, and that's always the caveat as well. Of course, we did improve in the second half, but Notts County's own game plan and intentions changed as well because they had the valuable lead. And deep down, Ian Birchnell would have known that a point would have been a good result for Notts just to stay in the mix. But as it was, they did hang on for that win. And it was just disappointing. It was everything that we fear from this Wrexham side. And you can have that maybe false belief, but it, as Dean Keats said pre-match, it was a seven-match unbeaten run for a reason because Wrexham earned the right and they earned those results. And, of course, there's always going to be mitigation and little moments which go your way or, or, or which don't in football. But the the thing which annoyed me and maybe frustrated me the most is once you've watched your team lose, you want to say, OK, we tried our best, we gave it everything, but I still don't maybe necessarily feel that like that first half we did. I feel the second half, you know, we were more effective and... We did try harder and we really gave them a good game. But the first half, we just started sloppy and gave Notts County that mm. foothold in the game, which we can't do. And the frustrating thing, of course, is because there's no fans at the ground. It should have been packed, even for a Tuesday night last night. Yeah. It would have been such yeah. a healthy away following. It would have been six, 7,000 from the mm. home crowd as well. And that would have you know buoyed us on and it would have been a totally different game. But it just wasn't. And it was quite stagnant to begin with. But yeah, as soon as the first sort of five ten minutes went, Notts County were well on top, and they really but, made that that count. 
ultimately, if if that was our you know quote unquote best, then we're going nowhere, Rich. Like that's not being dramatic. We're never going to go up playing like that in that first forty five. And you know, a friend of mine who's a Blackpool fan, you know, they won three 0 in their first leg against Oxford. You know, Mark Crichton, who was obviously tweeted regularly about Oxford United's game. Now we get to a playoff eliminator. We get to a playoff semi final. Dare I say a playoff final? If we play like that for forty five minutes, we could be three down. It's game over. You know, we were lucky in a way that it was only one nil and and right until the end we thought, can we can we nick a point? Because had we nicked a point, the narrative would be completely different. We'd be saying, Wow, what a dramatic fight back against Boreham Wood. You know, that was amazing. I nearly broke my laptop watching that one. Uh, you know, what a great point and you know, fifth is still in our hands. Now you're looking at it saying, Well, Let's hope we can get six or seventh. We're probably going to need something out of Dagenham on the final day. Let's hope they have sort of nothing to play for. And then you go, right, well, we're going to have... It's going to have to do it the hard way. It's going to be every game on the road. There'll be no, you know, test event for for, for Wrexham fans until... Well, it'll be test event, which will be next season now. If we, if we get there in that sixth or seventh spot, and who knows? You've got people like Eastley coming up on the rails... It's it's a worry now, you know. I know we'll throw ahead to Kingsland in, in in a bit, but unpacking. I don't know commentary, Rich. For example, I, I wasn't sure who in that Notts County team I was most impressed with because a lot was made, not just in commentary, but you know, a lot's been made about Rodriguez, Ruben Rodriguez, right? And you know, he looks tricky and nifty, and they're the kind of players you think will change the game. But I looked at Reeves in the midfield and Jim O'Brien. I thought they I thought they ran the midfield the way that we just couldn't. Yeah, I, I, you know, not that Jay Harris would have been the answer to all our prayers. I think he would have at been, least. You know, I, I, but I don't. If, I their don't, midfield you know. stunk to me of our old midfield of sort of Keats, Clark, and and Harris, where they just had the tenacity. They weren't trying many sort of overcomplicated passes or anything. They mm. were just all about ball retention, win the ball back, lay it off six yards, get a grip, and get possession back, which is what we just didn't do. We very rarely had the sort of stranglehold on them. and We just have too many tricks and flicks in our midfield. You know, look We're a bit at young lightweight in midfield. Young's, young's great, don't get me wrong, but then when you've got Young and Jarvis, so I thought, I've got to be honest, Rich, I know Wayne was quite diplomatic, I felt, in his commentary. Jarvis wasn't good. You know, you he didn't so. play... I don't think... I personally didn't think he played well. Um, no, last, I know he changed the game against Boreham Wood. I personally felt like he's quite lightweight. And I felt like in that first half in particular, he was schooled by people like O'Brien. And he wasn't alone in that, don't get me wrong. There was m- many people at fault in that first half, not just, you know, don't make it seem that I'm purely picking on Dan Jarvis. But a lot of times when I've watched him, there's been so much hype. And I, I feel like he hasn't turned that many games as a starter for me personally. No, I'm, I I think there's a time and a place for Jarvis. And I think Kingsley at the weekend should be one of those games where... We get to take possession and he can find those pockets of space and play those killer balls because I think he did find Dior Angus quite well throughout the game and I think his delivery into the box is probably the best out of a bad bunch. But like you said, he just didn't have the physicality and couldn't really impose himself on the game properly. So he went missing a little bit. I mm. I can understand why he started because he deserves to and Dean Keats was put in a difficult position there because you can't not start someone after the impact he had at the weekend. So he got his got his wish he, for, yeah, like you said, for me, it's probably like a 5 out of 10, 6 out of 10 if you're being really yeah. positive. 
And sometimes that is enough, but against that Notts County side, it was just a complete mismatch, and they bullied us really from from the get go. Mm. Yeah, we got back into the game, but like we said, that's mitigation because Notts County had the lead and they could drop back and frustrate us. And the other thing, which is frustrating, I know we did have opportunities, but they were all kind of half chances, and we never they really were. made Sam Slocum, like you said, make a save. And Notts County looked pretty comfortable at the back. Yeah, they 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 will have left there feeling pretty content, not just with a clean sheet, but they never really had a heart-in-mouth moment. You know, they never really had to clear off the line. And I actually felt second half, they could have probably finished us off in the breakaways they did have, but they obviously just went to the corner or or fluffed their lines. Um, you know, and there were opportunities when I look back and think, we should have made more of that. There was one where Gold Mateo flicks the ball on and Jordan Davis just a half step behind. He, he almost hasn't gambled that Gold will win the header. And he runs through and, and Keeper just beats him to it. There are a couple like that. There are a couple for us that, you know, a what-if moment when we look back. Ultimately, now it's gone. I saw a tweet today that just said, it's gone now, that result. We have to just move on. You know, it, we can't take it back. And I'm, if anything, I'm hoping that, you know, I think when we said in the Obeng interview or the Chislevich one, go back and listen to those, by the way, if you haven't, they're in our catalogue on yeah apple or spotify you can find them they both said that and, and my ab as well they were saying that they're playing luton in the league we would always beat luton in the league and then it came to the playoffs and we'd crumble so in a way i'm hoping that if we do face Notts county it's a case of you know they've won the battle but we will win the war kind of thing yeah absolutely and there's so many quirks and nuances in that that I would always want to almost be that team who sneaks in right at the end in the playoffs because there's no expectation on you. A team like Notts County, if we played them in the playoffs, they would be such heavy favourites to beat us that you know we'd almost have that free hit and hopefully we would learn from the mistakes which we've made. You know We can cause them problems even when they do play defensively. So if we get our formation, our setup right, then we can give a team like them a game. The issue is... To get promoted, we'd have to do it three times in a row, which, quite frankly, I cannot see happening. But All away from home as well. Yeah, but you've got to keep that, that dream alive. And, you know, sure. in, in another way, that could almost be a positive, being the party poopers. And we know what Wrexham are like hmm. when they've got expectations of a decent home crowd. It seems every almost game in the last five or six years that, that we've had that sort of big build-up. We never really get going. So maybe it would just be you know what, go out, ruin their party and see what happens. But it very much I, is that cliche two-cup finals now. And I, I think as well, when I, yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. But I think as well, when you think about it, you're saying about keeping the dream alive. If you go to the news agents and you buy, you buy a lottery ticket, I, even me, who's very pessimistic, you don't instantly think, I'm not going to win the lottery. You're, you're buying it because... It's the hope, right? It's that it's the maybe this could happen. It's probably not going to happen, but it could happen. So look, if we're in the playoffs, we have as much chance as anyone else statistically, right? We have as much chance of going through as the four teams that were into twenty five percent to get through to the semifinals, and then we have you know fifty percent chance of making the final. Sure, you might argue, okay, they're better, they're better drilled, they're better, but we've we've been down this road so many times. You know, it's not about it's just it's just on that day what goes for you do you have a red card well yeah do think you get about a penalty going to the playoffs being the team to beat and we yeah, just have crumbled there's so means much nothing. pressure and the other thing is that a team like stockport or hartlepool who are going to just miss out on the league title 
it's so hard for them to pick themselves up again. Whereas for us, it's been the writing on the wall for a long time now that we're not going to win the league, just be prepared for the playoffs. So our mentality is, you know, for the last few months, been we're going to try and do our best in the playoffs, where Stockport have had to say, oh, we've not won the league, but we're going to have to now go go for the playoffs again. I do think they're an exception. I think they've basically, basically got a League 2 squad and a decent one at that. Mm. They are they are a class above and you know I still think they're the best actual team in the division which is I'd agree with that I'm with you because I've said not. that but I've said that multiple times which I said that they would be my tip to to win the league um but I think as well the way the playoffs have been altered in recent years I do think now with that 98 point season you know if if that was us now and we had one game between us and the final I I actually think that you know we we would be much better placed the way the way it was you know second would just play the the bottom team in the playoffs i think that that was where more banana skins lay in the sense that you could come in on your you could come in basically flying into the playoffs and catch someone cold that that maybe just missed out on the title now i think you're allowed to kind of catch your breath if you're those second and third seeds while the others feel themselves out it just gives you more time to prepare I don't know what you feel about that, but I, I feel like actually now that the, the advantage is huge, especially with some fans returning, you know, having to go down all the way to Torquay, no away fans. And we have such a big away following that in, in pre-COVID times, we'd be able to match, some, you know, if they allowed us to, we'd be able to match some of these turnouts with our away following. Easy. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, there is a, a clear sort of dangling carrot now for you to finish second and third at this stage of the season, whereas... In the past, maybe if a team had missed out on the title last few games, they'd rest players and just look ahead to simply consolidating that place. But now there's still a real battle between those teams who aren't going to win the league to finish second and third. And like you said, there's a lot of mitigation. There's so many, you know, sort of things still up in the air, but you can only focus on yourselves. And next up is Kings Lynn. Interesting one again. On paper, it's not that we expect a win. It's, it's that we're demanding a win this Saturday. There's an extra different type of pressure when you are such heavy favourites for a game. Massively. I mean, there will be probably riots if we if we lose to Kings Lynn. That's slightly hyperbolic, but no one there isn't a, there isn't even the most pessimistic Wrexham fan that would predict a defeat to Kings Lynn. You know, there's obviously it's very personal with with their owner, Count Dracula, or whatever you want to call him, a cleave. Um, so you know, there's a lot of animosity there, and this, you know, for them, they've got absolutely nothing to play for. They've, in a way, phoned it in a long time ago. The season, they're just, you know, no relegation. They've got absolutely nothing to play for, and they're just going through the motions. Whether for the owner's sake they want to do a job on Wrexham, maybe they do, but we we need a response, and we need to show that we can turn up from the first whistle, you know, another first half like that, we're, we're getting into really bad habits, you know, it was Boreham Wood, and there's the other examples, but, you know, in just in the last week, Boreham Wood and Notts County, two very, very poor first halves that will cost us, I have absolutely no doubt about it, will cost us in a playoff, and so, you know, especially when playoffs are not these two legs now, you're only going to get one bite at the cherry, so you need to, you need to turn up, you, you know, if we get 90 minutes, you can't throw away 45 of those, so yeah, I'm I'm thinking I would I would tinker with the team a little bit. Um, I, I would tinker with the team a little bit. I think for me, I wouldn't play Fiaco Kelleher. You know, if he's come off with a slight injury, I saw the ice pack go on. Play Tyler French. You know, he 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 looked fine when he came on, uh, and and you know a chance now not to rest per se, but don't take any any risks with players. 
I I will be tempted to start Ponticelli in place of Dior Angus. I think they're the two that are more interchangeable. And and I'd be tempted to get Keanu Marsh-Brown in there. You know, just some new ideas, some fresh ideas. Personally, I, I, I would play him ahead of Dan Jarvis. But again, I, I understand that that won't be unanimously popular. But again, I would just try... Give Rutherford to start? Yeah, I'd be tempted to get Rutherford in there. I just think maybe, you know, it's been it's been a really emotionally draining week. You know, obviously the joy of the, the, the Boreham Wood game and then the disappointment of Tuesday night, I think that I would just try and freshen it up because it, it will come down to that Dagenham game, we we hope, you know, if we can get a, get a win. And I at this stage of the season, you're going to need your squad. And, and I would and I would be looking to increase competition for places in a game that we should be winning. You know, players can come and make impact off the bench, but for someone like a Marsh Brown, I know he's not had many opportunities so far. Like, what's happened to Chris Sang or whatever? All these kind of players, they just vanished into thin air. You know, I, I just think we we can't just have plan A, which is Gold Mateo and Dior Angus, and that's it. Because when it turns to plan B, they've had absolutely no chance to to go through the fine finer details. So for me, I, I would I would I would rotate it. I, I would mix it up a bit this weekend if I was Dean. Yeah, and another sort of permutation now is the fact that Notts County played at our own game on Tuesday night and they beat us at that game by matching us with a 3-5-2. So maybe even if we were to sneak the playoffs, it might be something else that Dean Keats to consider having a different sort of tactical setup in his back catalogue. But, you know, two wins gets us to the playoffs. Dagnum and Redbridge on the final day first. It's Kingsland this Saturday. We've got to be optimistic. We will try and be optimistic for that. And, you know, follow us on our socials, Rob Brown Red. And Rob Brown read at Gmail if you want to get in touch and maybe give us your thoughts on, on the week so far. And yeah, as always, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. But Nave, away from the football, Wrexham have finally sort of announced the uh, the docuseries is in progress and has yeah. been signed off to FX and Yeah. I mean it was good for it was good for me because it, it just confirmed, you know, I was one of the first people to put out there in the media that documentary series was happening i remember putting that out before long before the, the takeover was you know fully rubber uh, fully fully rubber stamped or whatever the, the saying is um so yeah fx are going to host it. it it's likely that that in the uk netflix will carry it i've obviously had no confirmation of that I, i'm not so sure well, i spoke to amazon and they they basically denied any involvement and said that you know it wasn't it wasn't going to be carried by them so whether they're just making me look a bit silly Oh, which could be, you know, I'm sure they they would enjoy that. But if if they're true to their word, then it then it isn't them. But let, let's see. It, I'm sure it will all become clear soon. But uh, yeah, the documentary yeah, I mean, series. From what I've heard, I, I was sort of strictly told that it is not do that. Do not refer to it as the Netflix documentary. There's been okay. no sort of original from that. I mean, Sun Sunderland Till I Die was a Netflix original, and they I was told true. that it's quite weird for Netflix to then purchase the rights to this one. So. You know, Hulu and FX are the two sort of fronting it. So it could even True, just but... be put onto onto a different platform. I know that Disney Plus apparently is one which has been potentially, touted. potentially. But you know, obviously FX did Always Sunny, and that's obviously carried on Netflix. And so there is that prior relationship there. I would think that yeah, it's an option. But before we get bogged down in the you know who's going to take it, the rights holders and whatnot, that will become clear very very soon. The trailer was bloody good, wasn't it? Like you know, I I put the trailer out on on our Twitter at Rob Ryan Red, and I was amazed at the feedback. Not that the trailer got, but 
the maze of the feedback we got in terms of the, the podcast account. You were busy at the game, so I, I didn't want to bother you too much. But, you know, something like over 60,000 views, had something over 320,000 impressions on the tweet. Like, it blew up for our very modest podcast account, Rich. Yeah, I mean, we've got a very, very sort of restricted expectations. But, yeah, our, our, our account sort of did blow up in terms of, you know, the size of it. Like you said, I think it was over like 2,000 likes, 500 retweets, like you said, close to 70,000 views on the on the video, which we uh, we tweeted ourselves. But it's just so good to see Repton making headlines for the right reasons. And once again, it sort of was maybe a nice sort of aftertaste, even after the defeat of thinking, well, there are sunnier times ahead, you know. It's, it's all part of the journey. In this first series, maybe it'll just make the second series better if we do have that sort of agonising end to it. But, Cynically, yeah. that was always that was always the way, wasn't it? Like, yeah, it, as much as everyone would have been thrilled had we gone up the first season, you know, all good films and good good series have a down before they before they go back up. It's just inevitable. You need the redemption, don't you? That's, yeah, that's how exactly. The, that's how they come across. But yeah, the fact that we've got the two series at least, you know, that sets us up really good for that that first proper season under the stewardship of. Of Rob and Ryan, I know they probably, they don't like being called the ownership, and they don't want to be the chairman or whatever. You know, they they have a particular way that they want to be. You know, they they have inherited and they're looking after the club on our that's our behalf. It, yeah. They're the guardians of our club, you know, but it's still our club. That's the the way that it's being sold to us at, at the moment. So yeah, it's it's one of those. It's just good to finally have it feeling real because. I was such a pessimist, even when the the takeover was sort of being dragged out. Whatever, I wasn't getting too carried away. I was like, oh, I'm worried this might not happen. I've, I'm just getting too ahead of myself. But seeing it in production, being at the race course, seeing the changes which are subtly being made, and I know they've got the uh, new sort of stadium development plans as well, which have been announced. Yeah. I think they've got the 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 company who helped sort of renovate Anfield and renovate Stamford Bridge and they've yeah, done a lot amazing. of European Championships as well. Yeah. So the race course, what they're going to basically do is go into the stadium and see which just really sort of almost simple and which are the best sort of quality of life improvements they can make to the race course as a venue to, to come to. I know a lot of the talk has been about sort of improving the concourse experience as well. So maybe having flat screen TV so you can actually see what's going on elsewhere, making it a bit cosier really, the race course, mm. because you know, we've all been there on a cold Tuesday night where it's a wrap up and just get in and get out. Hopefully there's a, a good match in between. But yeah, they're trying to, to have that blend. That's the word that Humphrey uses. It's the blend between the heritage of Wrexham and what makes the race course so special, but also making it a bit more modern and a bit more up to date, really. Give it that fresh lick of paint and, and make it nice. And hopefully, yeah. Nath, we get those red seats that you've been asking for. The, the, that's, you know, we, we've got an episode planned down the line of our big wish list that you put out a long a long time ago rich and i'm sure we'll come back to that do let us know if you have any specific thing you would love to see at the, at the race course and you know maybe it will get done in these these new developments for me i've been banging the drum for you know the freshly painted red seats that that's that would honestly bring me so much joy maybe that's a sign that i'm you know getting quite boring now but that, that would bring me a lot of joy and, and yeah i think as well it's important you know what what rob and ryan seem to have been attracted to as much as the opportunity to grow is, is is the charm and you know the kind of the 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 steel town and the mining town that kind of thing and the the fans and, and the stadium you know ultimately i don't want the ground to become this modern 
you know, bowl that, I mean, it's not going to become that, but yeah, I don't want it to become very lifeless and unrecognizable. You know, I still want a bit rough around the edges, but also at the same time, yeah, there, there are definitely certain improvements that you can make, you know, to simple things, the, the toilets, the concourse area, you know, the, the sort of the food stands, paint up the seats, you can, you can make I'd everything look shinier. Like... Uh, you know, like some sort of, I'm not saying Banksy-esque, but you know, like a really nice like painted mural inside one of the concourses oh, or something. I'd love that. There's one at Swindon where, um, you know, it, they've, they've got a great one outside Swindon. I can't actually think of the player it was now, but when I went there for work, it was just outside the ground behind one of the stands, really long wall, and it just looks brilliant. I think it's just, you know, they if you could do, there's got to be a lot of great designers in Wrexham, and I'm sure you could do some sort of, Collage Ryan of our Reynolds. best ever yeah. moments. Oh yeah, but like also, you could you could do one of those, or you could do something that you know fans would be desperate to take a picture of and really feel like that that's you know something that they can be a part of. Uh, whether that's you know Rob and Ryan and sort of you know like for example in that in the recent fanzine I did uh, with Fearless and Devotion, you know, kind of a, a blend of old and new, which I think would be quite fitting of the state, you know, the developments they're making, kind of. The history, and I think, did you say in commentary last night? This actually got me. I was going to text you, but you were so busy, I didn't want to distract you. Did you say history only tells the story in commentary? You said yes, something that, that was, was like, yeah, and I was like, genius. Line. Yeah, I was like, genius. I went for He's it, just yeah. like the dropping third it in. oldest team versus the oldest professional team in, in world football, but history only tells a story. So <laughs> about it. how the ni- next 90 minutes will define that was it. And I was listening, and I was like, I was like, I don't know why I was nervous. What a pro. Um, but no, in all seriousness, the reception to the to the trailer was great. And it looks good. You know, it was a lot of kind of banging the drum music, but it, it does look good. And I, I'm looking forward to it. And hopefully, you know, we'll get, I'm working on it. We can get some early access and, and we'll, we'll definitely do an episode where we just break down the dock and, you know, stuff that we didn't know. Because we know all the results. That's the thing with football documentaries. I know all the results. So... The ending won't much be a surprise, surprise will it? Yeah, I've exactly. got a horrible it's, feeling. It... I already know how it ends. Oh yeah. Well, we've been we've 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 read this story many times. We've watched this film before. Um, but no. So Kings Lynn. It's ah, uh, it's just never a dull week with Wrexham now. Do you know what I mean? Like people, people on Twitter. Like my phone's still blowing up right now about people responding to that tweet. And there's loads of things that people saying. Oh. You know, I I'm I, I can't wait to I'm gonna be a Wrexham fan now, like I'm gonna order my Wrexham kit right now. And you know, part of me at times when I get really down about Wrexham, I kinda envy that naivety. That you know what I mean? Like they're just That's looking at from the outside belts, and going yeah. yeah, they're looking at from the outside like, Oh, I can't wait to support Wrexham, like this is gonna be amazing. And and it is, don't get me wrong, like this is something that I never thought would happen in my lifetime. Look, I know I'm only twenty five, but who would have predicted two Hollywood megastars coming over to North Wales and and plucking our club from, you know, and not just what they're doing to our club, it's what they're doing to North Wales, the town, the Welsh language. Like, you know, what, they don't realise... They're doing realize... more for the Welsh language than most like, quite yeah. a lot of people in Wales. Exactly, are, you know? they, they don't realise how... the big sort yeah. of independence movement now as well at the moment, which, you know, I don't want to get too political behind and stuff, but it's just great to see that Rob and Ryan aren't only pro-Wrexham, and they've not cashed in on it and said like, "Oh, this is a British team." You know, they play in the English foot, in the English pyramid. They're saying this is a Welsh team, distinct, distinctly different from all the others. You know, this is a team which really is unique. Before we even get involved, they've already got their own history and identity. We're gonna 
hopefully amplify that, make it a bit glossier, but we don't want to cover it up. You know, we, we are who we are. We're proud of who we are. But it's the fact that they have reinvigorated the town. They've reinvigorated the whole area and everyone's just excited. There's so many people when I go on social media who I didn't know they really liked football, but they're excited because Wrexham mm. is an exciting place to be again. And it's what the town needs. It's what we all need. It's that lift, particularly after the last year we've had. But like we said, the end of the season is basically a free hit. Obviously, we want it to end as well as possible. But the real work starts probably maybe even in a week and a half's time. The, the real work starts Dagenham. You know, with all due respect, you can't overlook Kings Lynn. Got to give that, you know, the maximum focus. But really, for me, my, my heart won't be going ten to the dozen against Kings Lynn unless we're, you know, two 0 down Touchwood after ten minutes. You know, that's a game that most of us expect to come through. But there's something about Dagenham that that Dagenham away game. You know, finishing on the road. Go in there with something to... I mean, look, Notts County have got to play Bromley and Chesterfield have got to play Halifax. So they can't all get maximum points, you know? So there is that to cling to. And maybe we don't need to go and win at Dagenham. Might need a draw. But there's something about going on the road and, and closing it out that is enough to just fill anyone with, with a sense of dread. And the thing with Wrexham fans, the ones that have been around long enough to know how this story goes... How on earth can you can you really be truly confident as a Wrexham fan? You know, I'm all for blind loyalty and whatnot, but really, like, when you think back and you think, right, well, we had this run and we had that run and, and we lost to them and we lost that. Look, you know, me and you, I would say, are more on the side of pessimistic. You know, we're probably not even centrist. We're, we're pretty pessimistic a lot of the time. But... I don't know. I, I mean, I don't even like roller coasters. Have I ever told you that? I, don't, I, think, you've, like, I think you've told us on the podcast before. Yeah, I, I, I really don't. I, I feel like I need to reinforce it. I don't like roller coasters in real life. You don't so like surprise. You, you want to know I what's happening. I, I'm not good with change, really. Like, I, I'd happily change division. I'd get used to that if we can get into League Two, but pretty much that's why I've been largely okay with, with how it's gone for just years of mediocrity. But yeah, I mean, I. This is one roller coaster. I'm just I, I seem to blindly get on every week and just get off and get on again. And I, I've kind of got out of my system now. Notts County that that's gone and and our season isn't over. Our season is still very much live. As someone said to me in the office today, that you know our season is very much alive still. Uh, you know, even though I felt like my world was closing in after losing to Notts County and that and that first half was was so bad. But yeah, I mean. I think we'll get four points, I think, out of the final two games, Rich, and I think that'll be enough to, to get us in. Yeah, it's still very much in our hands. Two wins guarantees as a playoff pay, place. As Nave said, four points could be enough. Who knows what's going to happen? If you are a new fan around here, stick around with us. We will be here free, thick and thin, as we have been already. As always, Nave, thank you very much for joining us today on Rob Ryan Red. Thank you very much, Rich. Catch you very soon. And thank you very much once again for listening. As always, please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already. If you could be kind enough to leave us a review as well, that also helps the podcast grow and hopefully we can bring you even more guests in the off-season. But as Nave said, next up is Kings Lynn and then it's Dagenham on the final day. We'll be back in between then to give you an update on all things Wrexham. But until then, take care. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in?
at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.